Well, hello, <clears throat> and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having a blessed day, because I know I am, because today is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. You know, there are times in my life where I have lost peace, you know, and there are also times in my life where I thought I had peace in my life. But then I didn't, because just right around the corner, we had uh, altercations or major issues that came up. But it's important that we realize that we all lose our sense of peace. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if what you do. It doesn't matter who you interact. It doesn't matter anything that transpires. We all lose our peace no matter what. One thing that we, one assurance that we have is that God is merciful. And he shows us grace and mercy because he loves you and he cares for you. And so that's why today we're going to be taking a look at why do we, why is it so easy to lose our peace? Now, and that's just one of the things that we're going to hone in and focus on because it's so easy too, as brothers and sisters in Christ. And with this in mind, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. I thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. Lord, you are an awesome God. We thank you for what you have done in our life. We thank you that you can just come here and just be, our, you show us mercy and love when we don't deserve it. You show us tenderness and you show us a love and compassion. Lord, may you guide us as we continue through this frigid, cold day that you have uh, bestowed or have blessed us with. I know it's very, very cold, Lord, but we are also blessed to have warm heat and shelter where we can just protect ourselves from the elements. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. We have, we're in James 4 today. And we're really going to take a look at James 4. Verse 1 states, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires and battles that within you? You desire, but you do not have. So you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have... You do not have because you do not ask. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask the wrong motives <clears throat> that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Verse 4, and I absolutely love what James, <laughs> James states. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. And I want to stop there. I'm going to reread that again. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? So pretty much, we cannot be enemies within the world. We have to be brothers and sisters. We have to be of Christ, not of the world. Because if we are of Christ, that tends to be a very 
very treacherous line. And it is a bad day when we are of the world. I also think that's also important that we take a bigger look at what God has to say. And God loves you. And he wants what's best for you. And that's why it's important that we do not turn against God. But if we, but I can tell you, though, if you turn against God at certain points, and there's a window that's always open, but there will be one point in your life where you have rejected God so many times because you love the world so much. Maybe you're at a festival and, and they, you renounce your faith or you denounce your faith. And at that point, you committed blasphemy. And from there on, I believe that God hardens your heart and that God gives way to your sin. Where you might be able to enjoy life, you are like thinking that, ah, let's party with a purpose, there's no hope, there's no nothing, and your mentality changes, and next thing you know, you pass away, and then you're sitting at the great white throne of judgment, knowing that you're going to be burning in hell forever and ever. That's why it's important that we don't give ourselves to the world. Because if we do, the world will stray you and will lose you and will break you to absolutely nothing. And it's interesting because verse 5, or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he caused to dwell in us? That's the question that James uh, gives us. Verse 6, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. God opposes arrogance, and he shows favor to the humble. God shows, uh, God opposes an, a prideful heart, an arrogant heart, an arrogant mind. And he grant blesses and praises and shows favor to the minds that, Thinking when we stop, <clears throat> we can cry out to the Lord. And it doesn't, have, it doesn't matter if you're in your car and you stop on the interstate. Now, you might have people looking at you very weird. Or you might have people looking at you weird if you stop and pray in school right before a test. But what you're showing is that you're submitting yourself to God who loves you and who cares for you. That's so awesome to know and so peaceful to have that kind of assurance. Verse 7, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Verse 8, come near to God and he, will come to, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Verse 9, grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning with your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. And does that mean when you do something wrong, does that mean going to your neighbor and asking him to forgive you? Yes. Does that mean going to your neighbor and asking him to say, you know what? I wronged you. I'm so sorry. Yes. Does that mean going to your parents and just apologizing to your parents for what you've done? Yes. Because that is being a humble heart. And that shows humility. And that pride and arrogance is the one that blocks you from going to people, asking hard, asking for forgiveness. Because you don't want to be wrong. None of us like to be wrong. And I, you're speaking to a person. I'm speaking to you on behalf of me. 
I, one thing that I despise is being wrong. And if I'm wrong, there are points in my life that if I'm wrong, actually to this very day, I make up facts. I hate to say it, I do. So I don't look bad. I make up facts so that I don't, I'm not made, made fun of. But now, of course, as we grow in our walk with Jesus, we develop and we grow mature. And next thing you know, God shows favor upon us. And, and he's just, and how awesome is that? We continue on to stating um, <clears throat> verse 11. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping, you are not keeping it. By sitting in judgment on it, there is only lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, but you, who are you to judge your neighbor? But who are you to judge your neighbor? Who are you to judge anyone for what they believe? Who are you to judge somebody based off their characters or based off their personalities? Who are you to do that? But the caveat and the flip side is, is that when we're brothers and sisters in Christ, when we are followers, when we are people that love him and that want to develop a love relationship with him and we have accountability partners, and if there is somebody that falls, if there's somebody that uh, stumbles, like for instance, I, if I mess up, I expect somebody to come and judge me. My, for instance, accountability partner. I expect them to come and correct my actions. That's called judging. And a, that's called a rightful judgment. I, because you don't want to flounder. You don't want to uh, mess up even more. That's called corrective judgment. Now, we're not supposed to judge the wicked. We're not supposed to judge the evil because they do not know who Christ is. Amen. And amen. And James 4 continues on to stating... Verse 13, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Verse 14, why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you have to say it. If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do, not, and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes, all such boasting as evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Amen. Amen. And I think it's important that we don't, we don't, like state, hey, you know what, what we're going to do tomorrow. Or I think we should change our hearts and change our perspective stating, okay, if it is God's will, what can we do? If it is the Lord's will, what can we do to bless him? So in all summarization, in all the atmosphere and the atmospheric of life, we take a bigger look at what God says. For instance, you know, we lose a, our peace in one 
one life or the other, or in our some point of life we do. And what I like to, and this author of the Finding Peace, and during the sin or this devotional, brings up five good points, and I would actually agree on all five points, because there is only one way to experience an abiding peace that transcends circumstances by faith. Faith is a foundation for living in God's peace, an active, confident trust in His presence and power to sustain and comfort you. No matter the circumstances you face, there are, however, certain issues that undermine our faith and rob us from our peace. And let's look at the five uh, different points or five different uh, areas that could uh, undermine our peace. Number one, sudden fear. Some people are so accustomed to responding to little uh, dip and rise of life with fear and small doses of panic that they can't even imagine there's another way to respond. They're so upset by change of all types that it, da- that it never dawns on them they can live with greater emotional stability. And I have had that sudden fear that it fell upon me with sudden fear where we're thinking, what just happened? And next thing you know, I'm you know, finding ways to try to get a whole understanding when all I could have done is just gone to the Lord and asked Him to take care of the and nervous anxieties I have. Number two, of course, it would be the obvious, the most obvious one that undermines our peace, which is the enemy, which is the devil. We can be attacked by our enemy, the devil, who, can, who may use various means to cause us to doubt and lose faith in our God. And how he does that is by deceiving a scripture, by make, bringing wrong interpretations. And, but we must stand up to him. Scripture urges us to resist the devil. And when we do, he will flee from us, which is in James 4, 7. Resist the schemes of the devil. Resist the, the urges. Resist the temptations. And he will flee. It's during those times alone, I think, that our minds play games on us. It's those times alone that we think that we have all we have this in our bag, but it's wrong. Number one or number three, the third point is sin, the sin that lives with us until we pass away. Peace and rebellion cannot coexist by any means. The only resource is to confess sin to God, surrender to Him, and ask Him, or ask for His help in turning from and resisting all temptation then God's peace can flow once again. Number the fourth point, giving up peace. Sometimes we can give up peace willingly. In times of crisis, we sometimes lay down peace willingly, and we just give it up in times of crisis. We give it up. We We concede it. We abandon it. We walk away from it. But always remember that no one can take our peace from us. We have to surrender it ourselves. You have to purposely give up peace by yourselves. Because once you have that peace, the only person that 
gives it up is you. Now, we have the devil and we have sin that helps us to give it up quicker than usual. But at the end of the day, it's you that gives it up. And that's why it's essential that we don't give it up at all. And another thing that the last point that brings up a really good point is losing focus. Because we can allow the myriad of bad news scenarios we hear and read about every day to cause us to lose our current focus, our correct focus. Instead of having our minds set on God and trusting Him for His peace and presence, we allow our thoughts to get sidetracked and galvanized by the negative news and circumstances we see and hear. And I just want to tell you, it's so important to keep track of current events. It's important to learn what's going on around you. But don't allow that to eat you away. Don't let the current news media, don't let the current uh, events break or hinder your peace that you long for with God and that you have as well. So the overall is that God is with us. We don't have to give it, we don't have to give in to sink, breathe, or become defeated by our troubles or sink in or just become complacent. We can face, confront, challenge, deal, and in the end, overcome them in the power of the cross. Jesus taught his followers that all troubles are passing in nature for a season and a reason. And as we kind of brushed over yesterday, and one thing that read, stood out is John fourteen twenty seven. Let not your heart be troubled. And hold on to the peace that God gives. Confident that he's watching, directing, and caring for those who trust and believe in him. And with this in mind, we're going to conclude it with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in the reverence of you, Lord. Lord, may you give us a peace that we long for. Give us a peace that doesn't get wavered by the current news that we watch or we hear about, help us us to not lose hope and faith. Help us to get a better understanding, but not dwell on it. May you guide us as we go through your day, Lord. Help us to be confident in your word and allow us us to grow and nurture in your faith so that we can just come and show your countenance upon us because you're a merciful Father. May you guide us as we continue through the day and bless us as we we have a very relaxing weekend. And Lord, may you show protection for this country. I pray for the leadership that we need. As this country is heading in a somewhat of a confusion direction. So may you, Lord, guide us and protect us as we continue on the path that you have set before us. So that when we cross the finish line, Lord, we can run into your arm we can run into your arms and we can hear you say to us well done my good and faithful servant and in jesus name we pray amen and amen well i hope you guys have a blessed day and happy friday to you guys and hope that you guys made it through the week remember god loves you and i'll meet you at the finish line bye